This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. ER Vet is brought to you by Heroes for Healthy Pets. We're passionate about your pet's health. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified veterinary specialist in emergency critical care and toxicology. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about Lyme disease in dogs. We'll be right back after these messages. Not pumped about cleaning the litter box? Try World's Best Cat Litter Zero Mess, the litter that gives you two times better clumping and more odor control with less litter. That's right. You scoop once and you're done. No chiseling, no scraping, no crumbling, no problem. Looking for fast and easy litter box cleanup? Zero Mess. Try it. You're welcome in advance. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. It's not just a sneeze. It could be the pathway to disease. Your dog is at risk for contracting dog flu. That's why it's important to vaccinate your dog for dog flu. Get your dog vaccinated today. Visit dogflu.com for more information. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about Lyme disease. First of all, if you learn one thing from today's ER Vet episode, it is pronounced Lyme disease, not Lyme's disease. It's actually named after Old Lyme, Connecticut, and there's only one town called Old Lyme. This was actually discovered in the mid-1970s, and what actually happened was that a medical doctor noticed that children were coming down with subclinical arthritis. Well, several years later, Dogs were diagnosed with the same thing in this area of Connecticut. And that's when it was diagnosed that a gram-negative spirochete, which is this spiral-looking bacteria-like organism called Borrelia burgdorferi, was causing Lyme disease. Now, if you live in one of these states, Connecticut, Delaware, Massachusetts, Maryland, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and Wisconsin, you must pay attention. Why? Because over 90% of the human Lyme disease cases come from these states. Same thing for dogs. Now, veterinarians have been diagnosing Lyme disease for decades. And unfortunately, this was dramatically underdiagnosed in human medicine. What I'm going to be talking about is what clinical signs you need to be aware of when it comes to Lyme disease in dogs. We're going to talk about how exposed dogs are, whether or not you need to be worried as a pet owner, what you can do to prevent it, 
And then we're going to talk about some of the rare, rare side effects that we can see with Lyme disease. Now, I'm going to briefly mention cats for all you cat owners out there. I do actually have my cat on flea and tick preventative because she goes outside supervised and cats rarely get ticks on them because they're such fastidious groomers. In other words, they're grooming all the time that most of the time ticks don't have a chance of attaching on. That said, if your cat spends a lot of time outside, they definitely need flea and tick medication too because there are some deadly tick infections that cats can get. But let's focus more on dogs. First of all, what exactly is Lyme disease? Lyme disease is a really frustrating infection because it actually hides in a dog or a human's body really well. It evades the immune system. Some of the clinical signs that I see in dogs include a shifting leg lameness. In other words, your dog is limping in the left front and then it's limping in the back right leg and it's walking like it's almost walking on eggshells. It's walking really gingerly. When you see that, you want to get to the emergency room right away because we want to treat your dog because A, it's really painful, but B, your dog can have a really high fever. So we want to make sure that we're diagnosing and treating Lyme disease right away. We can also see joint swelling, fever, platelet abnormalities, and really rarely, if it's not treated, it can actually result in subclinical or chronic arthritis. In severe cases, it can actually cause protein loss through the kidneys, something called protein-losing nephropathy, or what we abbreviate as PLN. It's also called Lyme nephritis. And unfortunately, this can result in fatal kidney failure. I see this more commonly in golden retrievers and Labradors. And so for all you golden retriever and Labrador owners out there, we want to make sure that we're preventing Lyme disease in dogs. Now, I am going to warn you, if your dog is exposed to ticks, that means you are exposed to ticks too. If you're walking with your dog and you see a tick on your dog or you see an attached tick on your dog, there's a chance that tick can fall off in bed and climb onto you. So we always want to be careful about Lyme disease and appropriate prevention because we don't want you to get it either. The important thing to realize with Lyme disease is the disease is different between dogs and humans. 90% of dogs that are exposed to Borrelia never actually go on to develop Lyme disease, which is good. Unfortunately, the opposite is true in humans. 90% of humans are estimated to get Lyme disease as soon as they're exposed to Borrelia. So what does this mean? This means that in some of the states I mentioned before, and I practice as a veterinarian in a lot of these states, like Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, and Minnesota, when we see a dog test positive for Lyme disease, it doesn't necessarily mean that your dog needs to get antibiotics. Now, I'm going to step back and say one of the most common blood tests that we do at all veterinary clinics is something called a 4DX snap test. And this is a test that tests for four different types of diseases that are transmitted. Now, three of them are transmitted by ticks and one of them is transmitted by mosquito. And so a lot of vets will actually use this test because they're trying to test your dog for heartworm disease and for Lyme disease. They want to make sure your dog is heartworm negative before they start them on a heartworm medication. Now, in some of these 10 to 13 states where we see the majority of Lyme disease, I would say that about 70 up to 90% of dogs oftentimes will test positive for Lyme disease. It doesn't mean that they have an active infection at that time, but if your dog is showing clinical signs, it means your dog definitely needs to be treated with the antibiotic doxycycline. We'll get to treatment in just a few minutes. 
So how do you know whether or not your dog needs to be treated if your dog tests positive for Lyme? If you live in one of those 10 to 13 states that has a really high prevalence of Lyme disease, we're going to base the decision to treat your dog as a veterinarian on two things. One, is your dog symptomatic? And two, does your dog have protein in the urine? Which means we need to do a really quick urine test, a urine dipstick, to look for the presence of protein in the urine. If your dog is showing symptoms and or if your dog has protein in the urine, your dog definitely needs to be treated with the antibiotic to be on the safe side. Now, the antibiotic doxycycline is pretty safe. That said, it does have a few rare side effects. And I see a lot of pet owners and veterinary professionals giving doxycycline the wrong way. Now, for you humans out there, if you've ever had to take doxycycline, your pharmacist will often talk to you about some of the side effects. First of all, doxycycline can cause really bad heartburn. So you want to be careful and make sure to ideally take it with a small amount of food. The second important thing to know is doxycycline is inactivated by dairy products, which means you cannot give it with cheese or ice cream to your dog. The third thing to know is we never want the pill of doxycycline to get stuck in the esophagus. Because if you've ever tried to swallow a pill and you don't swallow it all the way into your stomach, with doxycycline, that can actually cause severe esophageal strictures or esophagitis. So it can actually be really dangerous. This is one of the reasons why when I tell dog or cat owners to give doxycycline, that they ideally give the dose in the morning, they give it with a small meatball or some kind of pill pocket, and then they feed their pet right after. In that way, if your dog eats, it pushes the pill directly into the stomach. This is one of the reasons why I never give doxycycline before you go to bed. And the reason why is the last thing I want is for the pill to be stuck in the esophagus and now your dog is lying on its side getting heartburn for hours. So ideally dose it in the morning, ideally dose it with a small meatball and then make sure to feed them afterwards. If you can't feed them right after, I will always send owners home with a syringe, an oral dosing syringe, so they can give them a couple of teaspoons of water to flush that pill out of the mouth, into the esophagus and into the stomach. The last side effect that you need to know about doxycycline is in humans or in albino dogs, like white boxers with pink noses, they can get really sunburned from this. So you wanna stay out of the sun with doxycycline. All right, let's take a short break and we'll continue right after these announcements from our sponsors on how we're gonna treat and further diagnose Lyme disease in dogs. We'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Rover.com. Rover, the dog people. It's the largest network of five-star pet sitters and dog walkers in North America. If you have dogs, and like me, you're working during the day and can't get home to walk your fur babies, you can just use the Rover app on your Android or iPhone and find a five-star dog walker. Book them, favorite them, and even pay them all through the app. And I know if I'm going away for the weekend or even taking a five-day cruise, I can use the same Rover app to book a pet sitter. By using Rover, my dog walker or pet sitter is trusted, background checked, and is backed by Rover's premium insurance and 24-7 support. And if my dog and I want to meet my pet sitter or dog walker beforehand, we can do that too with a free meet and greet. I personally like that I can get pictures of my dog, a map of her walk, and updates right on the app. It's so cool. We have a special offer for Pet Life Radio listeners, too. Get $25 off your first booking by going to rover.com forward slash Pet Life Radio. 
Pet Life Radio is all one word, and use the promo code Pet Life Radio. So once again, go to rover.com forward slash Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio is all one word, and use promo code Pet Life Radio. Three words for the code, and get $25 off your first booking. It's a awesome deal. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. We've been talking about Lyme disease in dogs and a little bit in humans. We talked about some of the clinical signs we see from Lyme disease. And again, it's relatively rare that dogs will develop severe side effects from Lyme disease, but it can rarely cause that Lyme nephritis or protein-losing nephropathy. As I mentioned in dogs, the biggest clinical signs of Lyme disease in dogs are classically lameness, limping, fever, not wanting to eat or move, and having really swollen joints. If you see that, get your veterinarian or the ER vet right away so we can test your dog with the Sporty-X snap test and treat them with doxycycline for two weeks if necessary. More importantly, what do we do if your dog was diagnosed with a positive Lyme test but isn't showing any symptoms? Well, this is actually really important for you to know. And again, if you're in those 10 to 13 states that have a high prevalence of Lyme disease, it does not mean you need to treat your dog. Work with your veterinarian, talk to your veterinarian about this, or you can always talk to a veterinary board certified internal medicine doctor about this too. My general guideline is as long as your dog isn't showing any symptoms or doesn't have any protein in the urine, your dog does not need antibiotic therapy. And again, that's because I mentioned that 90% of dogs that are positive for Borrelia never go on to clinically develop Lyme disease. Based on those stats, based on you living in one of those Lyme endemic states, again, that's going to affect how aggressively we treat it. More importantly, that means you have to be better at preventing your dog from being exposed to ticks. When I see a positive 4DX snap blood test, that means that your dog was exposed to a tick. That means your dog was exposed to Borrelia, and that means you need better tick prevention. When in doubt, prevention is always the key. So three main things that I recommend. First of all, you can buy something called a tick twister, and that basically is a device where if you see attached tick, you can pull it off really easily. The second thing is to make sure that everyone in the household is tick checking yourself and your pet. You want to make sure to massage and feel your whole pet, especially if they have long hair like a Newfoundland. You want to check inside the thighs, in the ears, on the trunk of the belly, in between the paws, because that's the classic area where ticks will oftentimes bite your dog. Now, the important thing to remember is a tick has to attach take a blood sample from your dog, and actually it takes about 24 to 48 hours for that tick to actually transmit Lyme disease to your dog. So you do have a narrow window to find those ticks and pull them off as soon as possible. If you find a tick that's crawling on your dog but it didn't actually attach, you don't have to worry. But if you do see a tick that's attached, make sure to pull it off. Now, I oftentimes will have pet owners bring their ticks into the vet clinic or to the ER vet. We don't need you to bring in the ticks to the clinic. When in doubt, it means you need better tick preventative. So again, 
tick picking with those tick twisters, making sure to check your dog and massage them and feel them to make sure you don't feel any ticks on them. And then considering two important things in working with your veterinarian. I like to either consider a Lyme vaccine or using a preventative that's a prescription strength tick preventative that kills ticks quickly. Now, let's talk about the Lyme vaccine. Now, I don't typically vaccinate for Lyme disease unless you live in one of those states. So again, the states like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Delaware, Massachusetts, Maryland, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, and Wisconsin. If you have a dog, especially a golden retriever or Labrador, you like to hike in the woods, you know your dog likes to hunt, those are dogs that I do typically recommend vaccinating for Lyme disease. If you live in a deer-free area or you don't live in one of those states that I mentioned, it's less likely that your dog needs the vaccine. But talk to your veterinarian about that. The second important part of prevention is going to be oral medication. I like using oral prescription strength tick preventatives like Brevecto. You can also use Nexgard or Semperica. There's a couple of different ones out there. I prefer the oral flea and tick medications because they kill ticks really quickly, as fast as four to eight hours. And you'll literally see these attached ticks fall off and sort of desiccate and dehydrate. This is really important because we want a fast acting tick preventative that's going to kill the tick before it has the opportunity to spread Borrelia or Lyme disease to your dog. When in doubt, talk to your veterinarian about that. Remember, prevention is really important with Lyme disease. Being that I'm based out of Minnesota and I definitely have picked ticks off my dog before, I know that I want to be really aggressive in preventing it just because I have seen the devastating and potentially fatal effects of Lyme nephritis or kidney failure from Lyme disease. And it's not worth exposing your dog. So when in doubt, make sure you talk to your veterinarian about appropriate tick prevention. The good thing is, remember, Lyme disease is treatable. And again, just because your dog tests positive for Lyme disease doesn't necessarily mean that they need to be treated with the antibiotic. We're only going to treat them if they're clinically sick from the disease or if they have that protein in the urine. But more importantly, learn from that positive tick test. When you get that positive test, that means you're failing to use an appropriate tick preventative to prevent the disease. So when in doubt, when you live in those 10 to 13 states that have a lot of Lyme disease, work with your veterinarian, your emergency vet, or your board-certified veterinary specialist in the area to determine whether or not your dog needs better tick preventative or needs to be treated. Again, my general rule is if your dog has symptoms, he should be treated. There are a couple of additional tests you can do called the quantitative C6 blood test. It's a little bit expensive, but it's a good way of seeing how high the titer is for your dog when it comes to Lyme disease. Most veterinarians are pretty used to testing for the C6 test, but they oftentimes forget to do that urine test. So when in doubt, request or bring in a urine sample to your veterinarian to get this urine test done. What I like to do is I like to tell my owners to collect 24 hours of urine, batch it all together in one sample, and submit it to your veterinarian for a protein test. If there is evidence of protein in that urine, then we're going to do a test called a UPC, a urine protein creatinine test. 
And if it's elevated, we definitely want to treat your dog with doxycycline. The good thing is if you test your dog and your dog is negative, it means your dog definitely does not have Lyme disease. And it means you're doing an excellent job preventing ticks from investing your dog with Borrelia. When in doubt, we always want to keep our pets and ourselves healthy from this scary disease. Thankfully, it's treatable. But you want to check with your veterinarian on how and when to test for it. More importantly, focus on prevention, prevention, prevention. Talk to your veterinarian about tick picking, using preventative care like Brevecto or Nexgard or some of these other types of oral flea or tick medications to help avoid this potentially life-threatening infection to begin with. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. When Helen Brown ran away to New York City five years ago, she had no idea that a homeless cat with a punk rock haircut and enough catitude to light up the Empire State Building would be the one to teach her the true meaning of love and a forever home. In the tradition of her internationally best-selling memoir, Cleo, Helen Brown's Bono, the amazing story of a rescue cat who inspired a community, is a heartwarming true story about a woman without an anchor. A homeless cat without much hope, and finding a forever home in the city that never sleeps. Modern Cat Magazine calls Bono an uplifting tale about how everyone deserves love and a second chance. Bono by Helen Brown is on sale now everywhere.